For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Good evening. It is Monday, August 29th, 2016. My name is Michael Clark, and I am here to discuss the only true impenetrable asset protection program in the world, anywhere in the world. Nobody can do what STS can do. It's called STS, the Specialized Trust Strategy, affectionately known as STS. Before we get started tonight, I wanted to uh, to read a letter to you that I got, uh, an email rather, that I got from a from one of our clients, and he's been a client for a long time, and um, it just kind of answers what I just mentioned to you about repetition. Hello, Michael. Right now, I'm listening to last Monday night's call, and I just wanted to let you know that because you said what you did about the meaning of signing under duress, it finally sunk in for me. Because of what I have, I have since learned elsewhere online, and I will never forget it because I now understand in capitals, and that's important to me, and I firmly believe it's also important to many others. So keep on keeping on because... And I know you know this, but it probably good, it's probably good to hear every now and then. What you do every Monday night on your calls does make a difference. And, and guys, I'm not taking that as an ego trip, although it's very nice to hear. I do wonder sometimes, gosh, with the time I spend to get ready for the calls and everything, is it really, does it really make a difference in somebody's life? And uh, but I, we, when I, I receive a, a letter like this, an email like this, once in a while, I know that it does. Uh, and it's what keeps me showing up every Monday night. Asterix, you talked about how that because our seal, signature, which is our signature, which should be sufficient, which I have learned is so because of the law of the land, our Constitution, established our parents and or grandparents as sovereigns of this, of this land, which passes on to us. Actually, there cannot be any statutory law senior to any sovereign because the, the entity or entities that created all those statutory laws we are encumbered with is merely a corporation in itself. And when enough people wake up and realize this, and that's being worked on day, day and night by those who know, then it will be changed. But for now, we are being required to have it notarized and so under duress is added there to protect this particular inalienable right and keep it out of any statutory jurisdiction, which is what almost all of the courts are. And jurisdiction is one of the most senior considerations to all of law. No judge or jury can legally pass any law or hear any case in a jurisdiction not of their own. 
Just my own words expressing my own understanding from what I have learned. I thank you. I know that this person has been on calls uh, basically every, I don't know, I don't know if a dozen calls he's missed in in several years. Okay, he's always got questions if there is something he doesn't understand. And that's why I don't have a canned presentation, my friends. Every time I say something or answer a question, even if it's the same question I answered a week ago or two weeks ago, every question is important with this, especially this day and age. But I answer them a little different because I've had many instances in which I couldn't figure something out to save my soul. But then somebody answered it or or talked about it in a way a little bit different than I had heard before, and all of a sudden the the light clicks on, and and it makes perfect sense to me. Guys, I can't tell you how many times that happened to me. I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but I I know how to continue to learn throughout my life. I know how to continue to to try to, to, to learn and become more aware of things that have meaning in my life. Each one of us right now, we've got different things in our lives that have meaning to us, to us. And that's what you've got to, that's what you've got to really grasp and, um, and, and uh, get a hold of the things that have meaning in your life. Okay. Um, the things that have meaning in your life that, that, um, um, will help you to eat, maybe if nothing else, help the, the other people in your life. Okay, help the other people in your life because the, the and that takes us right into before I get into contracts, which is tonight's talking points. That takes us right into the part, guys. That that and it was mentioned briefly earlier in the call. The fact that where we're at in this world today, I mean. I would have never dreamed. As a matter of fact, just yesterday I was sitting. I had been doing some reading, and I just laid the book on my lap. It was, I, it was, I was out in the sun, and it felt the warm sun felt good. And I, I thought, I would have never, in my lifetime, from the time I was a kid until maybe the last five years, I would have never believed that the world could get into the state that. It's that it's in now get into a a situation in which everybody is is everybody is fighting everybody nothing but turmoil when I, when I was a kid things were so different it was right after world war 2 people were tired of fighting the the nazis and and the japanese regime had been both been defeated and um the only thing that we had Vaguely on the horizon was the uh, the Russians, the Bolsheviks, um, and the Chinese weren't even that strong at the time. And you know what? Nobody wanted to mess with the United States after those two atom bombs went off. And uh, even people that, that say, well, that was terrible to drop those atom bombs on those people. Don't take this wrong, but no, it wasn't. That saved a million lives. It cost a hundred thousand lives, but we weren't the perpetrators. We didn't. They attacked Pearl Harbor first, and I'm not going to get into a discussion. I'm very sorry for the any time people get killed. I mean, it's a um, everybody I know just wants to live their life, work their job, raise their family, uh, spend time with family, spend time in a vocation that they they've chosen and they like, guys, but. 
And it was like that through the 50s and, and, and the 60s, some of the 60s, at least half the 60s. And then Vietnam raised its ugly head and some things started happening again. But I still never, even then, it was pretty much confined to that part of the world. But where we're at right now, the only thing, there's only one thing that you can even attempt to protect right now. And that's your finances. Some of these laws have been around since feudal, feudal England times with trusts. Some of these laws have been around and the, the, uh, the basis of trust, the basis of, of civility will always, will always, in my opinion, that's all this is, is my opinion, will always uh, retain itself. It'll, it'll, it may be knocked down for a while, but it'll come back and people will get, in the simplest terms, back to please and thank you and, and being nice to other people and, and things like that. Might not last long because other people are... But guys, you, the only thing you can really protect right now, right this moment, is your finances. And you can only protect your finances through the power and the authority of the specialized trust strategy. Your finances, your assets, um, that's the only thing that you can, you can really protect, guys, that, that you have somewhat control over. You don't have control over your health, as we all know. And uh, you don't have control over your government, as we all know. And I don't care what government it is. I don't care if you're in the United States, you're in Canada, you're in Australia, Germany, Italy, England, France, uh, Spain. It doesn't matter. Panama, Costa Rica, it doesn't matter. You don't have control over your government. You can just do the best you can. And you can you you had better learn whichever part of the what I've just been speaking about interests you. You better. Learn all you can about it, okay? You better learn all you can about it. So, um, Tattered Flag, what book did you lay on your lap? Well, I happened to be a few days behind, so I was reading the best book there is. I was reading the Bible. I, I read it every day for 21 years now. Sometimes I miss a day or two or two weeks, and I have to get caught up, and that's what I'm in the... Um, uh, I'm, I'm glad you. You know, it's easy to it's easy to uh, um, say things over a quote. I'm an iron worker. You said that to my face, and I'd beat the daylights out of you. I promise you. That's not. Believe me, I would. And uh, tattered flag, you're a punk. So I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna acknowledge you anymore. Just stay where you want to stay. Say what you want to say. So anyway, um, guys, we've got we've got some things to talk about tonight, and, and it starts with a contract. It starts with a contract. There's several types of contract. One, there's there is a uh, um, there's an adhesion contract. An adhesion contract is what we deal with most of our lives. Okay, and um, don't worry about it, guys. I you know there's 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 always punks like that that want a few minutes of of uh, a few minutes of fame. They think they're really getting it by coming on and saying things that that uh, you're not saying anything to me that my iron workers haven't said to me a thousand times over. But that's it. I'm not. I'm not going to even refer to it anymore. So, anyway, guys, we um, 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 there's adhesion contracts. We deal with those adhesion contracts every day of our life. They're basically statutory. An adhesion contract is a uh, is, is where the rules are already set. Um, where the rules are already set. The the uh, um, it's a take-it-or-leave-it contract. When you go into uh, 
um, next to their name and block the comments. I don't know what you mean, healthy LD. I wish I could do it, but I don't know what you mean. Okay, that's all right. Um, anyway, guys, the um, uh, it's it's a take it or leave a contract. When you go in to get a driver's license, you um, let me see if I can do that over here. Let me see. I can't. I can't. I don't know what to do with it. Um, so anyway, I'm going to get out of here. So, oh, here we are. Close tabs. Okay. And so anyway, guys, as we everyone's on, scroll down to their name and click the small blue computer button. Okay. Oh. Maybe that's it. Okay. I did that and I got the blocks. Okay. Okay, I think we got that guy out of here now. So anyway, thank you, Hilda. I appreciate that. Adhesion contracts. They are contracts that are that are one way. Take it or leave it. You get your driver's license. They say sign here. You don't get to talk to. Uh, you don't get to talk. Um, uh, to them and negotiate about the rules concerning your driver's license, you have to follow the laws according to the state that you're getting the driver's license in. Um, and uh, you can't you can't negotiate, you can't do anything with it. So uh, regarding that, the other one is if you go to form a corporation or an LLC, they set all of the rules, okay? They set all of the rules. Uh, you don't have a, an opportunity to input some of what you might want to do, but um, it's they, they set the rules. Take it or leave it. If you want a corporation in that particular state, then you set up a corporation. Um, uh, but you have to follow their rules when you're doing it, okay? And um, so anyway, the uh, um, that's the, that's an adhesion contract, a contract that is, is set up according to the... Uh, uh, one that's making all of the rules. There's one party that makes all the rules. Second, there is a uh, um, uh, one of the one of the, mo one of the ones that most people understand is um, there is a uh, an irrevocable contract. Okay, an irrevocable contract is one in which once the rules are set by the parties to the contract, they can't be changed. Uh, they can't be changed in any way, shape, or form. Matter of fact, though, a, a living trust becomes an irrevocable trust upon the death of the person who set up the trust, okay? Uh, that's, and, and it can't be changed after that point. So um, those, are the, those are two of the types of contracts that um, um, somebody has a dog I can hear. So anyway... Um, those those are two types of contracts that cannot be changed, okay? So you have to uh, get into the type of contract that is that we use, which is a private contract. It's not based on any statutory law. It's not based on any any premise other than what the, the parties to the contract agree to. Okay? So the um so the uh 
the the private contract that the super wealthy put together it's strictly it's strictly created according to the to the parties um it's strictly cre- i'm just reading some things on the computer to see if that clowns back um so anyway it is um um here's an adhesion yeah i, I yeah i looked that one up a little while ago uh, donaldson and um i'd done it before but i just wanted to I was going to read it, but I thought, no, I'll just tell everybody what it is. But the contract that we deal with, guys, there's got to be two or more parties. There's got to be an offer by one of the parties and a um, an acceptance of that offer by the other parties. So the um, by at least one of the other parties and any of the parties that are going to be partaking in the contract, they will agree to the offer as well. There's got to be um, consideration, and consideration is something of value, and value is a, uh, a nominal term. Okay, value to one person might not be valuable to another person. What's valuable to one person may not be valuable to another person. So, so, um, so the um, uh, there's got to be consideration. Consideration is anything of value, and it has to be. And that's why when people ask, "Well, Mike, can I add something additional to the STS program after I started it? Um, can I, whatever it might be, uh, maybe you were gifted something. Can I put that into the trust? No, you can't, because if you put that into, uh, remember the trust." Two or more parties, you're one party, the trust would be the other party, and the trustees. Um, uh, consideration, you would put something of value into the trust, but what would you get in return? You cannot get anything in return. The only thing the trust can give in return are trust certificates. So so the, um, um, so the, the trust certificates would have to, there are none to give. So there would be consideration coming from only one party, which would make it a, uh, and it wouldn't be a contract, wouldn't be a binding contract. Um, so anyway, uh, what do we got going on here? Here's another link regarding adhesion contracts. Yeah, why not? Such a, why such a nice guy? Okay, law of attraction. Hmm, and why do you talk to me then if it's law of attraction? No sense being a crap maker. Jeez, Merry Christmas. What do we got on the call tonight for crying out loud? So anyway, guys, the uh, take it out in the street. That's all I can say. Take it out in the street. So the, uh, oh, a troll. Okay. That's uh, that's those guys with those little, uh, that little hair that sticks straight up, isn't it? Okay. I understand. I understand. Okay. Anyway, guys, let's um, let's stick to what, what's at hand. So one thing, do me a favor. One person said they had seven questions. That's pretty much it on contract, okay? Um, one person said they had seven, they had sent me seven questions. Now, I don't remember. I'm, I'm trying to find it here. Was it on, um, um, did you email me seven questions? Please, uh, please. Log in again so I can get to your seven questions, whoever you are. I don't see it here on my screen, okay? So if you would, please uh, email me your, your even email me again where those seven questions are, okay? So I can find them and, 
and answer them for it. Okay, here it is. I sent an email a few minutes ago with seven questions. Okay, hold on. Is is Mingal? Is that your um, uh, is that your email address? Uh, let me pull them up here on my phone. Okay, let's see, Dennis. Let's see, Gilmore. Nope, that's not them there. Okay, let me see if Minnesota gal is a C Canadian. Blameyers need that email from. Okay, um, let's see. I don't see your email. Um, if you would type in Minnesota gal, M I N N G A L, type in your email address so I can find it. Um, PDF diamond. Let's see. Pacific Medical Solutions. Okay, tonight. Meredith, pay safe. Need a copy of blank. What should, what you should do? Urgent. Can British humor diabetes disregard entity? Uh, guys, I'm sorry, but I cannot find it. Okay, ring central facts. Um, don't go. Okay, Minnesota gal, I can't find it. Email it to me again, and I will, I will answer all of your questions. So now, oh, here you are. I see you in here. Yes, M at MPG Protect. Uh, at AOL.com, MPG Protect at AOL.com, I'm hoping. Um, what, was the, what was the subject matter? Anyway, stay focused here. This is good stuff. Uh, email you to MPG, to you at MPG Protect. One, reasons. Okay, good. Yeah, put them in here. Reasons for not interest-bearing acts at a bank, uh, not interest-bearing accounts at a bank. Okay. You know, we used to we used to say that, but guys, don't worry about non-interest bearing accounts when you open a bank account again. Okay, don't worry about it. The interest rates are so low. What are they? A quarter of a percent per year, or something like that. Don't worry about it. Just just open up a business checking account. That's all you've got to do. Um, and open up a non-interest. Uh, open up a a an account. The the key thing you want to accomplish is to get a bank account open. Okay, that's what you want to get open, a bank account. That way, if you do have an, an investment or a currency or something that is possibly going to uh, revalue in the, in the near future, um, you'll have a place to put the money. Okay, so don't worry about non-interest bearing. The only reason we were saying that before was because the interest rates were higher and you didn't want to have to make the IRS or the CRA aware of your business account really doesn't matter anymore because it's not yours it's an independent account owned by the trust and they don't have anything against the trust whatsoever so they can't do anything uh, okay question number four please express your advice re a pod account and any urgency to do so I don't know what a POD account is uh, you'll have to explain that one to me. I, I just deal with checking accounts and things like that. Taxable liabilities of the recipients of pod accounts. Um, uh, I don't. Know, I apologize. I don't know what a pod account is. If anybody knows, or, or if you minute, go ahead and, and put it in here. POD payable on death. Oh, okay. 
Um, I knew about that with, uh, are you talking about payable on death? Uh, if something happens to somebody, they, they freeze the account. Um, or are you talking about like in a, uh, a mortgage or something where they have to pay it on death or, or, or I'm not sure under what circumstances you would refer to that as, um, let's see, taxable liabilities of the recipients. If it's an account that the, that the deceased owns, That'll be part of their estate. If it's an account that the deceased owns, it will be part of their estate. Okay, so they're going to have to pay whatever death taxes or estate taxes, etc., are there. Now, one thing nice: if if that that account shouldn't be in an individual's name, that account should be in the name of the uh, of one of either the trust, trust one, or an LLC or a Canadian corporation. That way, it'll never die. You're not, you don't even have to worry about payable on death. Okay, it'll never die. If the trust owns something, it's not. The trust is not going to die. Um, okay. Huh, so there wouldn't be any taxes. Other than that, any, you know, you know, we don't do taxes. If if there's a situation where you happen to own an account upon your death then it's got to go to your tax person and they will you should get with them before you die and they can recommend to you what to do to offset or minimize taxes okay the importance of clean and clear certificates 30 notarized um, question mark docs of these were recommended in the past um, the importance of clean and clear certificates uh, 30 notarized question mark question mark question mark docs 30 notarized docs of these were recommended in the past i have never recommended 30 notarized um docs of of anything of uh, the certificates the, the certificates can be one and go if there's only one um certificate holder it can be divided up into two three five hundreds if you want um but the certificates do they do have to be not only um clean and clear which i'm not positive what you mean by that but uh, they got to be notarized and signed and um but they have to be um they have to be recorded in the certificate log the certificate the the, the trustees can only pay um they can only pay dividends or whatever to people that are to certificate holders that are are um in the log, in the certificate log, okay? Um, the past, Northeast Wisconsin is hung up. Okay, explain reason for signing under duress and why and where, when should it be used? I did a whole call on that last week, last Monday. And uh, that's why these, are, these, these phone calls are so important. Under duress simply means the purpose of page 12 was put in there by a, a private attorney that's dealt with pure trust for for decades. And he said, Mike, you've got to have this in here so that it does not draw the trust back into a statutory environment or a statutory court. What In, in the United States, and I read that the first part of the call as well, in the United States today, um, your signature should be your seal. It should be good enough for um for anything anything that you you want to to put your name on and and that should act as you okay however this day and age the way things are uh, there is doubt everywhere 
Um, so you want to make sure that what you're saying, and and that simply says that you are you are having to sign this with a notary seal, and to keep it from somebody pulling it back into a statutory court or a statutory environment. Okay, we want to keep this into a not in a non-statutory environment where they don't have anything to say, and that's all page twelve is about. Don't be concerned about it. Just go ahead and sign it and, um, and, and listen to the calls on it. Go back and listen to last week's uh, recorded call on the uh, signing under duress. That was the, uh, um, I op- let's see, Bunky. I opened a trust account with Ally, Ally, I don't know how they pronounce it, Ally or Ally Bank. They are decent folks. That's the online bank, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Um, so let's see, Minnesota gal again. Um, I'm glad to hear that. So I haven't talked to anybody yet that's opened an account with Alley uh, Alley Bank. Um, question number three: News on TV regarding government reps and senators being asked by judges to make up laws to help reveal the true owners of LLC accounts. Um, that's fine. If they're, and, and the only ones, remember, the only ones they have control over are citizens, individuals, people. They have no control whatsoever over trusts, okay? The trust is, is totally independent. It, they have, and I'm not saying they're not, somebody's not going to try to get in there, but um, they, we have no problem with letting them know who owns the, who is the, um, um, the true owners of an LLC account, it's the member, the member. And the member of our account happens to be a trust. Well, that's where it stops then, right then, because you're not a citizen. The only one, the only, the only entity that governments have control of are citizens and, and, and accounts that are owned by citizens, anything that is owned by citizens. If you create a corporation in Canada, the shareholder is generally yourself, okay? Well, they've got control over you, so they've got control over your corporation. In the U.S., it would be the LLC. They would, you would be the member of the LLC, and that's the way 99.9999% of them are in the U.S. and, and in Canada as, as shareholders, okay, and directors. Um, but they have no control over trust and i uh, about oh, several weeks ago i did a a whole um call on on um owners ownership owners of corporations owners of llc's owners of trusts so you've got to go back and listen to some of this okay you've got to do some work on your own too um now let me let me uh jump in again on that number 3 um government reps and centers being asked to make laws Guys, I hear so much junk out there, and nobody can ever back it up. If anybody gives you something like that, ask them for the ask them for for a uh, ask them for the proof. Ask them to give you a a document or something that proves. And then even go further. A while back, there was there was supposedly treasury notes where they were going to just take everything from people that had had um, currency ownership. Blah blah blah. And I had probably 25 to 50 emails on that. Mike, what are we going to do? Well, first of all, and it looked very real. I, I contacted one of our people that had had contacts with um, 
I had contacts with um, the Treasury Department and asked them if they, I sent them a copy, I emailed them a copy, and I said, is this real? And it wasn't. You know, so there's so many, so much garbage that goes on out there. People want their five minutes of fame. They want to, sh- they want the, they get a kick out of thinking they really shook somebody up. Okay, let's see. So don't, don't, don't believe everything that you, everything that you read there. Let's see. Pod certificate form can be assigned to the trust. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't know the conditions upon which payable on death would would take place. If it's a person that dies and they've got a, an account, what they're going to do is freeze that account. They want to save whatever's in it for the death taxes, for the um, the taxes that are uh, the estate taxes that are going to be due. Um, I don't know how you can assign a payable on death certificate um whatever that might mean if it's on something you bought and you pass away i don't know the circumstances surrounding that pod um so but if you've got it in the trust and the trust is the owner yeah i'm sure you can assign anything to the trust there's nothing as long as the pod is considered personal property um you can you can assign it personal property you have the right to protect it i would assign it to the trust and then the trust doesn't die. So, so if the new owner of the of the POD is is the trust, you don't ever have to worry about it being um, um, assigned. You don't ever have to worry about it being paid out because the trust is never going to die. Uh, I would have to know more about what the circumstances are surrounding that that POD. Um, what do executors do? Executors are statutory persons that that um, make sure that a will is is taken care of properly according to the wishes of the um, the wishes of the deceased okay uh, they they they're the person that distributes all of the assets determines first of all determines what the assets are determines what the what the wishes of the deceased was according to the uh, um, according to the will and then um, Goes from there. He uh, distributes it according to the law. He makes sure all, makes sure all of the taxes are paid. Any debts are paid by the estate. Uh, they make sure all of that's taken care of. Also, how does 28 U.S. Code 1332 apply to incompetent persons or legally disabled? Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know what uh, 28 U.S.C. 1332. Is give me a little more information, Donaldson. Okay, so I know what it's what it's re- what you're referring to. Uh, I, I I go across so many stuff that um, or so much stuff that I uh, um, sometimes some things leave my mind for a while. Let's see. From the bank, need clean and clear certificates to deposit funds anywhere in the future. Other banks, clean and clear. What kind of certificates? You say clean and clear certificates. What are the certificates referring to? What are they part of? Um, is it is it a bank account? Um, is it an investment? I'm not sure what it is you're referring to. Um, so anyway, uh, let me know that, and I will get to it, and we will 
people will figure this out yet. What if I'm a stateless person? Here we go again. <laughs> I don't know what a stateless person is. Um, I, I studied, I researched and studied um, sovereignty for quite some time. I haven't heard that term yet. Okay, uh, I do have, I'm one of the few people that anybody on this call will ever meet that actually has his, uh, um, actually has his um, straw man. The real straw man, not the thing that they're talking about in uh, Freedom Club or anything like that. Mine was signed by Secretary of the Treasury, um, Paul O'Neill, and it is um, it is wet signature from Paul O'Neill. And uh, it took me about nine months to get it, to get everything taken care of. And guys, you know what I found out with all of that? Uh, and I don't know if stateless falls into this category or not, but all that talk about, well, they took your birth certificate and put X number of dollars in an account long ago, and it's worth billions of dollars this day and age, and blah, 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 and you'll be able to buy houses with it and cars with it and every. You know what? I did it because I, uh, that, that was a little bit of an incentive. I thought, man, that's neat. If I can get billions of dollars, it's worth a little bit of time and effort. But anyway, uh, anytime somebody told me about it now, I asked them, I said, who do you know? that I can speak to face-to-face -face and and they bought something and paid for it with the money in their in their straw man account. That, that was the big thing. Well, I know somebody did this, somebody did that. Never once, never once when it came right down to it, did we meet, did I meet anybody, did anybody, was anybody able to show me that they paid for anything, a Snickers bar. Didn't even pay for a Snickers bar out of their straw man account for crying out loud. Now, granted, that's went up from 50 cents to about a buck and a quarter now, maybe a buck and a half. But um, you would think somebody could have paid something, bought something with a billions of dollars in their account, right? Okay, from the bank, okay, need a clean and clear certificate. What if I'm a stateless person? Can you talk about stateless persons? I don't know. I haven't heard that term yet, so I don't know if I can or not. I may have heard it in, in reference to somebody else. So, um, POD Bank states the named pay and deposit would present a death certificate. Person would receive a check for the amount, balance, and account would be closed. Well, that's okay. That's cool. But you can do that with any any bank. It doesn't have to be a pay-on-death bank. If that's what they've got to do, then you simply bring them a death certificate, and they would write you a uh, um, show that you show that you are the beneficiary of that POD. I'm sure you have to do something there to show that you're the beneficiary, and um, get a check. That doesn't sound so bad. Let's see. Yes, 21. Banks are setting up to take care to take a cut of your accounts like Greece, think twice. You're absolutely right, and it's called bail-ins. And we've talked about that many times on our calls here. They cannot touch a trust account. They cannot touch, listen to me, um, Guest 21, they cannot touch a, and I can get into the whole thing, but it would be easier for you to go back and, and just listen to the talking points in which we talked about, about um, bail-ins, okay? They cannot touch money in a private bank account that is protected by the Constitution of the United States. And I don't care if you're in Canada. I don't care if you're in, in U.S. I don't care if you're in Germany or Italy or where. 
they, a, a, a private trust connected to the Constitution of the United States cannot be touched. And we've had many times where the IRS and other other entities have tried to get money out of our our um, clients' accounts, and it's been shut down every time. Not, first of all, it's not our clients' accounts. They, if they've got something against you as an individual, and they're going to sue you, and they're going to try and take money from you, that's fine. But you don't own a single penny in the trust account. Okay, you don't owe a, own a penny in there. That's its own account. There's case law that says. That in a pure contract trust, that's why it's so powerful. The trust is the owner of the assets. The trust is the owner of the assets. In any other trust, be it a statutory trust or what, and all of them, rest of them are pretty much statutory trust, um, the trustees are considered the owners. So if you own the assets in that living trust, for example, they can take every nickel. The judge will tell you, revoke the trust, sell the assets, and give the proceeds to the the person who just got a judgment against you, okay? Um, banks already have that set up. It's been set up for about three years now. And some of our clients that had, well, not client, yeah, we've had two clients where they've they've taken money out of their personal accounts, but they couldn't get a nickel. They couldn't even, see, you can't even link the trust account or the LLC or, or Canadian Corporation account. You can't even link those two to you. You have no ownership in either one of them. It says that right on the trust certificate. That's why this is such a... See, this isn't my... Understand, everybody, and I know most of you do, but, but for, for Guest 21, understand that this is not my program, okay? All I did was research and found out how the super wealthy are so well protected. All the laws, I, I don't know if I found all of them, but I found a good percentage of them. And I studied and, and researched, and I know how to use them and how they work back and forth. You have a zero. If somebody's after you or is going to sue you or you've got bank accounts in the name of the trust, they can't touch it. The trust is not part of you, my friend, okay? The trust is not part of you. I don't care what bail-ins. That's why we tell people, set up your trust account first. U.S., Canada, Germany, Italy, doesn't matter where. Set up your trust account first and then set up, um, after you get the trust account set up, set up either your LLC or your your Canadian corporate account that is that of which the owner, the member or the, or the um, shareholder is, the, is trust one. They can't touch it. It has nothing to do with you. You give up ownership, retain control, okay? This info comes from my banker. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, uh, and, and that's fine. I would just never set up a POD. I don't know why anybody would set up a, a POD account. I don't know the use for that particular. I'm not saying that it's, it's not real. I'm just saying that I don't know what a reason would be to set up a POD account. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Your banker could be right in that, in, in what he's told you, and I'm sure he is. Most people on this call, I don't know if this is your first time or your second time or your 80th time, but most people on this call know my feelings about bankers. So, um, so anyway, let's see. We got Bunky here again. Designate private law and trust indenture. Designate private law. Um I don't. I don't know. I know private contract. I don't know private law. Um, private contract is set up by individuals that, that have no bearing on any statutory law whatsoever. 
I guess that's what would make it a private law. And it, it gets all of its power directly from Article One, Section 10 of the Constitution of the United States, second most powerful document ever written. Okay? Um, that's just the facts. And um, Section Article 1, Section 10 says that no state shall pass any law impairing the obligation of contracts. And that's where the private contract comes into play. Not private law, it's private contract. Uh, let's see, guess 13, two, two trustees. Can both trustees appoint one trustee to do all the banking requirements? Sure they can. Appointed trustees can open a bank account, et cetera, by themselves. Yes, they can. We get a, uh, they, they have, we have the uh, bank resolution all set up, and we use the living trust uh, document. They take that down to the bank. Uh, bankers use that to open their, the account. Now, one or both can be signatures on the account. It's up. To, it's between the trustees, and the trustees are generally the the person or persons who start the uh, who start the uh, um, account, who open the account. Okay. So, without the second trustee attending the appointment for opening other trust bank accounts, that's between the trustees. You guys are in control. Nobody else. Once you once you get your documents and sign them, you're in control. We don't have anything to do with it. You guys determine who's going to be on the uh, trust bank accounts, who's going to be the signators, and um, who's going to do what, okay? I'm going to get to you, Verve, in just a little bit here. I just happened to notice that you've got your, um, your hand up to ask me a question. Providing the trustee minutes say so. We've got a uh, – we've got trustee uh, – we've got the, the – we've got the um, – Bank, um, uh, we've we've got the trust. We've got the minutes already made out for you. That says who the who the signatures on the bank account are going to be. You determine the bank. We don't even have to know who the bank. Once we turn the documents over to you, they're yours. We do nothing. Is this doable? Um, let me see what you mean. Is this doable? Is this doable, Michael? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. We've got thousands of people all across the U.S. and Canada that are doing it, that are living their lives protected according to the Specialized Trust Strategy Program. Okay? Donaldson's gone. Oh, my God. Okay, let's see. Um, Minnesota gal. Successor trustees named in the trust to get POD funds through the trust. Well, you can do that, or you can just write a minute order. You don't have to link a bank link a bank into your your what you want to do with your money. It's none of their business. Um, if you want to, if you want to do that, you just write a private minute order right into your bank upon death. The trustees are to pay um, such and such X number of dollars. All you got to do, okay? You don't have to. You don't have to get a special pot account. Anytime you get something special like that, or you link a banker or an attorney or or a um, tax professional, you link them in, then then you've lost some of your privacy. The key to impenetrable asset protection is privacy total asset privacy okay you want to keep it between you and your your other trustees if there are other ones there can be a single trustee clean and clear certificates verify the funds were not of illegal origin okay but you don't need to go through all that you don't need to you just keep the money in your account you know they're going to believe me. They're going to check the funds when you put them in. Every bank that accepts funds does their own checking, whether they've told you about it or not. 
does their own checking to make sure they're clean, verifiable funds. They check the numbers on each bill that comes in. Or if, if somebody writes you a check or gets you some something like that, um, but you don't need to get a you don't need to get a uh, a banker involved because most of the times they don't have the most sense of the professionals. Okay, matter of fact, here's my opinion. Evidently, you haven't heard it yet, Minnesota gal. I think the bankers are the most unprofessional of the professionals. Okay, I think they think that they're much smarter than they really are. They know nothing about pure contract trust. They know nothing about about contracts per se. They know the basics, but that's it. They don't know how to use them for estate planning purposes. All they know is what the bank tells them to do. If they say, if the bank says, sell this investment, they do it. See, I had two brokerage firms in Chicago with my partner, and we always, the saying that was around for a long time, if somebody can't make it on their own, the place they go because they'll They'll coddle them and, and, and give them clients and this and that are the banks. And that's where they make the least money, too, because the banks, they're giving you the clients. You're not having to go out and, and get your own clients or anything. And some people like that that little bit. You don't make much money there, but you, um, you um, as you would with a uh, – and you don't have, in my opinion, it's all it is, and it's not every banker. It's most of the ones – it's a lot of the ones that I know. Um, because I had my stockbroker's license for a while. I had my insurance license. I did estate planning and financial planning for a while. And some of the things I see so-called banker professionals tell people to do, I see where it's good for the banker, it's good for the bank, but it's terrible for the uh, for the client. Okay? That's just, just what I'm telling you, my opinion. Okay? Um, clean and clear certificate. Yeah, you don't need a pot account. Um Oh, Donaldson's back. Glad to have you back, Donaldson. Uh, Cornell Education. Um, Northeast Wisconsin is on the call. Good to have you, Northeast Wisconsin. Let's see who else. What other questions do we have here? Uh, Guest 21, thanks. Um, Donaldson, thanks. Have to hop on another call. You don't have to, Donaldson. Not as important as this one. Okay, enjoy yourself, and I hope you learned something. Donaldson, hang in there. Uh, guess 24 is long. POD certificate signed by the bank account holder directs the banker to transfer funds to the person or entity. Yeah, that's fine. I understand that. If somebody wants to do that, I've got no problem with that. You, you use whatever system you want to use. All I'm saying is, is that gives a little bit of control up to the bank, not to you. Whereas you can you can do the same thing with a minute order. You can agree to pay the same amount of money to to the same person. Um, on your own. You don't have to make it public knowledge. You don't have to get a banker involved, okay? Whichever you want to do, that's the, that's that's what you got to determine. Which do you want to do? If you want the banker to do it for you, let him do it. <clears throat> Hold on, guys. need a sip of the water here. Okay, that was good. Bunky, question. You recommend a home harmless... Do you recommend a hold harmless and indemnity agreement... For the trustees. No, we don't have that. The trustees are generally the people that started the trust. They're generally the contractor. If you're going to put all your assets into a trust, who would you want the suggested trustee to be? I don't want it to be anybody other than myself. I want to be in control 
of where my funds are, where my funds are going, what my, and I don't need a whole harmless agreement. Trustees are um, trusts are still very personal documents. That's why it gets it ticks me off when nitwit bankers want to. Well, we need this information and that information and that information and this information. Da, da, da. No, you don't. It's my trust. It was set up for privacy. What do you? You're totally defeating. But now, unfortunately. <clears throat> Banks are private institutions. If they, if you don't want to give them the information they request, they won't set up an account for you. They'll say, well, we have to send this to legal. And then legal comes back and says, we don't know what a pure trust is, so we're not going to open an account. That's why we've created the living trust, okay? The living trust, because they know what a living trust is. And guys, let me let me say this. At least in the U.S., I'm not positive how bad it is in Canada. At least in the U.S. In the U.S., um, um, the banks and the bankers and the banking personnel are scared to death of of Homeland Security. Believe me, they are scared to death of Homeland Security. Okay, and, and that's why they do a lot of the things. I understand that. That's why they do a lot of the things they do because they are afraid of losing their job. Or as, as this day and age, a lot of us are. Okay, a lot of people are. Okay. Guest eight. Any progress on the new 12-page trust bank docs? We need to replace the six-page from 2010. Yes, we're getting them out as quick as we can. A lot of people uh, needed them, and we are. Uh, I don't know what your name is, but if you will send me another email, you know, the, in the old greasy wheel, um, um, squeaky wheel gets the grease type of thing again. If you will. Send me an email to mpgprotect at aol.com, mpgprotect at aol.com. If you don't know my email address by now, shame on everybody that doesn't know him. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, send it in and, and uh, we'll get it to you just as quick as we can, okay? So, yeah, we've made, we've made some changes, and we want everybody to be totally protected. And see, people say, well, Mike, what does my re renewal fee, besides your, your, B, your business entity report and the filings with the state and everything else, and all the information you get for free on these calls and on, on, um, um, on emails, and, and sometimes when you catch me on the phone and I answer your questions, you don't get billed for that like an attorney would. I've had people tell me, Mike, you've saved me tens of thousands of dollars. My attorneys, the minute they say hello, you hear a tick, 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 tick. That's that's their that's their uh, what do they call it? Metronome, as they call it in music, and and every tick is another five dollars or something. Okay, that you owe them, and they'll send you a bill for it. They do it in six minute inter 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 intervals. I, I believe it is. Uh, let's see. Where was I at? Question. Do you recommend whole harmless agreement? You don't need it because it's you. Uh, any progress? Yep, we've got them done. All you have to do is we, when we get to your name, we will put yours together, put in the dates, and, and, and redo the, the information on the new form. And um, once, the, uh, once the form's done, you're okay. Minnesota gal. Pod form is for personal banking funds. As to who get it, who gets it, okay? Um, that's fine. You can use that if you want. I've got no problem with that. But I'm just saying that for more privacy, anytime you say personal banking fund, well, if the bank does it, anything the bank does, remember, guys, 
they send a little information off to either the CRA or the IRS. That's why I don't, that's why it was one of the reasons we didn't want people back when interest rates were a little bit nicer. We didn't want people we wanted people using a a um, non-interest bearing because we didn't want them if I, if I made a dollar eighty five interest they would have to send that off to the IRS. I don't I don't want the IRS to know I have anything at all to do with the trust fund. Okay, but if they do they do. It's not linked to you. The trust is its own owner as we know now. See, a lot of this stuff, a lot of these rules I set when I was first learning the laws, and since that time, I've talked to people much more knowledgeable. Well, now there's nobody, and I'm saying this very humbly, but now there's nobody with more knowledge about it than myself, and um, especially no attorney. And um, and secondly, um, I've learned... I've, I've learned that it doesn't matter because I don't I don't have any ownership in the trust, so it, it really doesn't make a difference. Okay, the Halls received our new bank docs last week. Successfully opened a trust account with Wells Fargo this week. Worked well. Thank you for that little bit of, of information because that helps everybody. Believe me, that helps everybody. In the words of that famous orator and, and new politician, believe me. <laughs> Oh goodness, what a time we live in, huh, guys? What a time we live in. This is a, this is pretty amazing time that we're living through these, that we're living through right now. The, the things, the changes that are going on. People talk about the final days. People talk about this and that. That's, uh, I don't know, about, I don't know about that. But um, um, I don't even have any opinions on it. I just sit back and relax and and watch what's going on. So anyway, okay, who else has a question? Here we go, Hildy. Hello, Northwest Illinois. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you, and yourself? That's good, I am too, thank you. Now that I've heard your voice, I'm doing much better, so. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> hey, Minnesota gal, don't go away. When I get done with Hildy, I want to answer that question you just typed in. Okay, how can okay. I help you, dear? Well, the second question I had was about the new papers, and you answered that, so I'm going to send you another one for me. Okay. And we had the thing about the finance, and it said click here, and I clicked there, and it went there, but it didn't give me anything at the top to click on to go to finance. Okay, you know what? Hmm. I, I, I looked that up just before tonight's call in case somebody would uh, say that. And it went through fine with me. I, if you want a loan for your program, guys, if you have a, and, and, excuse me, just a second, Hilda, it's for everybody. If you have a, if you have a an RV account where you have a zero protection right now, but you've got a bank account open, go online on our website, our website www.total, T-O-T-A-L, asset, A-S-S-E-T, Protector, P-R-O-T-E-C-T-O-R, TotalAssetProtector.com. At the top of the page, you will see where it says financing. Click on that little box, and an app will come up, or or the the place to get to the app. And then you just um, answer a couple questions, and you click where it says continue, and the application will come up. Within a few minutes... They will let you, you you put in whatever amount of money you want. It doesn't have to be, this is not for the, just for 
the STS program. If, if you need some extra money for something else, you can put in $6,000. You can put in whatever you want. And, uh, and it will, after filling out the application and hitting submit, it will tell you if you qualify. And if you qualify, then you'll get the application for the loan. We've already had a number of people that have gotten loans. They said it was so quick and simple. They were happy with the interest rates. The interest rates are based on your, your um, debt-to-income ratio, on your credit score. So just like anything else, the guys, and then you get the money. They'll have the money in your account within 48 to 72 hours, and you send us the part we need for the application. Don't spend it. First, you send us the check. Don't spend. If you don't send, if you don't, if you don't send it to us, we're not going to send you a program. And guys, that would be the worst mistake you made. If we can help you get the money, then I want you to go ahead and get the. Uh, um, I want you to go ahead and get your program set up. Okay. Now, Hildy, I don't know why it didn't work for you, but um, it works. It, it worked for me just before tonight's call, about two minutes before the call tonight. Okay. Are you there, Hildy? Hello. Well, I'm not Hildy, but it. I don't mean Hildy. I, I mean Verba. I apologize. Not I mean, a problem. I've been called worse. Yeah, no, you, you sure have, because Hildy's a sweetheart. So. <laughs> well, I know she's wonderful, but well, yeah. we won't go where I am. <laughs> okay, dear. Well, we got your questions answered again this week, so. Yep. I'll Thank talk to you, you next weekend, huh? Yep. Okay. Good night. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Okay, what else we got here? Received the new bank docs. Got that one. An email request sent. 12-page bank docs. Good, guest date. We'll get it out to you. Um, slave wages, 1972. Paul from Texas uh, says, great job, Michael. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. It's always good to hear. Um, Minnesota gal, here's the question I wanted to ask. We heard they would confiscate it. The only thing, I'm not sure what you mean by it, they would confiscate it. They can't confiscate anything that's in the name of the trust or the LLC. Can't touch it. They have no reason to. You, even if they pick you up for something and confiscate whatever, they can't confiscate anything with the trust because you don't own the trust. You don't own anything in the trust, okay? That, that's a, if somebody told you they can confiscate it, that's an outright lie. They can only confiscate things that you own. Okay, I learned they would, so I don't know where you learned or how you learned or why you learned or what you learned, but they cannot confiscate it. Bail-ins and confiscation they cannot do with a trust, uh, property owned by a trust, okay? I didn't I didn't type in a question, okay? <laughs> Sorry, Hilly. Great job in Houston, by the way, slave wages. Okay, Paul, thanks. I appreciate that. I had a great, Bill and I and Bill, Bill Sparkman, we all had a great time in Houston. Um, Houston, my bad. I don't know what that means, slave weight, Paul. Let's see, Minnesota gal, I, my opinion, from knowledge for learned, one should not take your holdings through security at airport, especially after it has RV'd. One should not take your holdings through security at airport. Um, if you're talking about the, the, the currency, your currency as holdings, um, I've never heard that. I don't know why that would be. And I've, we deal with people pretty high up in the government with security, and, and uh, I'm, we're all going to 
nobody knows exactly. Each bank may have may will probably have different different um, things that you have to do depending on what bank you want to go through. I, the only thing I, I know for somewhat certainty is that each bank, regardless of what their system is, they are going to, you will have to fill out a FinCEN 104 form. You'll have to bring proof that that, um, that your trust owns the, the um, that your trust owns the um, currency and that you are a trustee with that trust and that you are putting it into a trust bank account. Okay? Let's see. I learned they would confiscate it, airport security. I've had some in my bags um, as I went through security. I, I fly a lot, and I've had some in my bags, and they just go right on and come out the other end, and I, I walk away with it. Nobody goes through my bag, or if you if you if you check it in, uh, if you check it in, um, you know, down in the belly of the plane. Um, I've never had a problem with that. Again, I think these are some of those rules. If somebody hears a little rumor and they think it's take it as law. So let's see, Hildy was wondering where your head was. <laughs> I don't blame you. When, when when Vera said, I'm not Hildy, I was wondering where my head, I looked around, where the heck am I? Okay, currency that has RV'd, if you have it when traveling, going through security. What I'm saying is I've had different things in my bag that, um, they they have no right to, to confiscate it. They have no right to confiscate it. And if somebody tries taking security out of my bag, I'm going to start throwing punches. I'm going to start screaming and yelling. I'll probably get my butt kicked. But I'm not going to let anybody take anything. That's yours. That's your future. Okay? You don't let them do it. But they don't have the legitimate right, legal right to uh, confiscate anything in your bags unless it's a weapon. Uh, okay? Do not carry Rocky Dollar or any currency with you on flight going through security. Again, I've done that, and I've had no problems, okay? I've done it and had no problems. They don't even open my bag. Um, I, my carry-on's nobody very seldom. Once in a while, I'll you know, see my, if, if, it's, uh, if I've got a TSA pre-board and they, uh, they see my computer, once in a while they'll open it up, but very seldom. And even then, they would have no legal right. That's currency. That's my money. They don't have to be like them coming in and you got a bunch of $100 bills, U.S. in there or Canadian or whatever. They don't have the right to take it. Somebody gave you some bad information. Um, Canada. Well, yeah, you've got to follow the $10,000 rule. Yeah. Did phone about that some time ago. Right. Yeah, you've got to, you can't have half a million dollars or you, you, well, you probably will get it checked anyway. You'll have to come back and prove that it's yours and legal and everything else. Uh, Mike, after the RV, it will likely go over the $10,000 value. Oh, yeah. It, well, that's why, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to drive down to the bank. I'm going to drive down to one of the Chase banks, and I'm going to uh, put my money in a uh, in my trust, in the, not my, in the trust account. Uh, that I am the trustee for, and I'm going to put all take take my pay, proper paperwork, and I'm going to put everything in that account. One time, one drive, park the car, walk in, and get it taken care of. I'm not going to be flying anywhere with it. Um, I'm not going to be doing anything different with it. So, if, if there is a situation, and I know somebody that has recently flown with over a billion Iraqi. Dinar. 
over a billion, went to Europe, and it never once was questioned. Okay, was was carried on by three different three different individuals, and um, they, they matter of fact, I think I remember them saying that the one individual they did open his bag and he was questioned about it. And he said, "Ah, oh, that's just some foreign currency that I'm going to wallpaper my room with." And that was all. That was the end of it. Okay. So if somebody's giving you bad information, you see you have to do a special route with over $10,000 value. Um, if you want to declare it, if you want to, if you want to declare it and everything, um, if it's in my case, I'm not going to declare it. Okay. Cause it's not worth 20 cents right now. So yeah, more than 20 cents, you know, but you know what I'm saying? I'm saying people going on vacation, vacation have expressed how to deal with currency is to take it with them. Why, you know, you don't want to, why would you take currency with you? That would be my question. One, if you take it now, it's not worth anything, so you can't really buy it, buy anything with it. And two, if you take it after the, after the RV, why in the world isn't it in a bank account? That way you just take your debit card. You don't have to take a currency. There would be no reason, um, in my opinion, there would be no reason to carry a lot of currency with you. None at all. So, um, that's all I can tell you. That's my feelings on it, okay? And there, there's no sense in taking this subject any further because I don't know, and neither do you, for, for certain. But I can't think of any reason I would never carry that much currency with me. I wouldn't even carry that much U.S. currency with me when I'm traveling. Uh, if need be, if I, I'll wire it ahead to uh, a Chase Bank or something where I'm going to be landing and spending time, if it's in Las Vegas or wherever, and um, and I will uh, go get it out of the account when I get there. If I need more than ten thousand, but I, I never need more than that. So anyway, guys, we're reaching the bewitching hour. So um, looks like there's no more people on the phone lines that have any questions. No more people on the computer typing in any questions. So with that, then let's call it a night. We'll get a little bit of an early quit as we do many times. And I just want to thank each of you for taking the time to... Hyperloose, how are you, Craig? We're just signing off. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Rita. Glad to have you, dear. You too, Hildy. Guys, God bless each each and every one of you. Um, If anybody does have any issues that they need maybe a little prayer support with, send me an email, and I'll get it out to our prayer group. And... uh, and we'll get it taken care of. Appreciate you guys too, Halls. Take care. Uh, slave wages, you are welcome. Guys, thank you. See you next Monday, same time, same station, and have a wonderful week. Good night, Mom and Dad.